0: water in his veins, back I couldn't think of a better place to end the streak than Death Valley, South Carolina, baby. Guys going down, God's stepping up, that's what football is all about. And they say we can't do it, what they say now.
1: Welcome back to the Clemson Podcast. Today is Saturday, April 9th, and uh, this is our spring game recap episode. We'll also be touching a little bit on Clemson baseball and just other events going on around college football. Um, but as we get into it here at the spring game, guys, I think for me, you know, the big biggest thing, you know, going into this game was going to be who is this team's quarterback. I mean, we, we had a lot of guys going into this game that were going to get some snaps. Um, just a lot of question marks going into the season, and um, I think I made my mind up today that
2: Deshaun Watson is my choice for quarterback. You know, Tully, I don't know. I think James Barnes really gave him a run for his money.
0: Yeah,
1: him and Tucker Israel are neck and neck. I would say. So Deshaun might have just eked it out ahead of those guys, or are you are you in the Tucker camp? He he looked a little more polished.
0: Yeah, I think there's still some work left to be done in this, uh, through the summer into the fall. But uh, yeah, anybody's race right now.
2: I, I think once he gets a more firm grasp of the offense, he needs to come become a better student of the game off the field. But otherwise, you know, I, I think he might be the leading candidate to take over this job and really lead this team next year. Well,
1: I'm going to Sean. Um, I mean, I you know, overall in this game he just showed that he wasn't going to take a sack um, you know he didn't even go down nobody he tackled him didn't go it. down so they barely got two hands on him right and you know apparently he's been highly lauded around the country so i just think
2: that's the one you got to go with there's a lot of chatter about him going into the game you know Todd Boyd on the broadcast is really hyping him up but uh, you know i like what i saw out of him but i liked what i saw out of a lot of the other guys too good point i mean if you're just looking at stats and jokes aside here um,
1: I feel like I saw actually some good improvement um, out of our backup quarterbacks. Um, Nick Schuessler's stat sheet looked pretty impeccable. Uh, I don't really think he passed the eye test for me. He looked a little bit um, shaky there and and indecisive in in some areas. But Kelly Bryant looked a lot more poised in the pocket. Um, Didn't look like he was going to be a run first option there. Um, He did have a pick or two. But I don't, I don't necessarily know. I think a
2: lot of that was route running. The second one may not have been his fault. We don't know what the call was there on the route. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I would say overall that in a bit, I'm a little bit disappointed um, because I would like to see Kelly Bryant have more separation between him and Nick Schuessler. Schuessler did play well. I mean, we'll give him some credit for playing the way he did. He did improvise in some situations, had some really funny arm angles, and he still looks like he really has to force the ball downfield when he's trying to get something behind the throw at, whereas uh, with Tucker Israel, like it just comes natural to him. Um, So I want to give a little bit of credit to Schussler, but at the same time, Kelly Bryant really is the best talent, and I was hoping to see... More of him today. Obviously, he's not going to be able to show off his best asset in a game like this because that's his running ability. But to see the progression in his passing game, he did look better. But it wasn't enough to set him apart from Schusler. Yeah, I think there's an argument to be made that that Schusler looked better than than Bryant.
0: And I, for me, I, I'm more. I, I take some positives from their overall performance or their collective performance because I, I thought it was just kind of mediocrity. Who would set them? Who would be the best of the worst? but i really think we two have two reliable uh, maybe above average options at backup quarterback now granted like you said but i think a big part of it for bryant is that he can't utilize his legs in terms of you know running some linebackers over in this game but uh but he did tell he looked better like you said he looked better more poise in the pocket he knew when to escape when the pocket collapsed um, his passing looked better he still got a long way to go long long way to go but Overall, two pretty good options uh, back, you know, behind Deshaun Watson.
1: And I think Schusler, I mean, he is the incumbent backup going in here. And for Coach Sweeney and the offensive coordinators to make a switch going into this season, I think you're going to need to see that separation. And Bryant's going to have to distance himself and prove that he's really claimed that second, second quarterback or backup spot, lead backup spot. Um, and I don't think we saw that today, basically.
2: You know, I wonder if there isn't a plan in place to where if, you know, if Deshaun Watson does go down, if there is a tandem, um, you know, where they share roles as the backup quarterback, because they do have two different skill sets, you know, Nick Schusler may be with a, a better knowledge of the system and be able to manage uh, the offense better, um, maybe a little bit more accurate in his passing ability, but then the uh, dynamic ability of Kelly Bryant to really get out there and run um, and not go down and, and you know, and, and avoid taking hits that a combination of those two could be the plan that's in place if we lose Deshaun Watson.
0: I think that's a pretty, uh, pretty good thought, and I'm sure they've talked about it and closed behind closed doors, because, like you said, they both they have two not necessarily overlapping skill sets. They do two things really well. Um, unlike two, two years ago, where we, we make you know comparisons with Cole Stout, uh, Nick Schuessler, they are somewhat similar. Cole Stout was injured that year. Offensive line was considerably worse than this year. Uh, running back was considerably worse. You have a lot of uh, uh, tools at your, at your disposal as a quarterback in this system in 2016. So uh, I think Schuster could be a, a lot better quarterback than what we saw to Cole Stout, more like the Oklahoma version of Cole Stout. See,
2: I, and see, that's why I, I hesitate to make any remarks on Cole Stout because I would love to see him with a better offensive line, and I would love to see him healthy. We saw that in the Oklahoma game, and he wound us. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. I think he could be. He could be
0: similar to that, and then using Kelly Bryant. I mean, let's be honest. I think Kelly Bryant will win. Went out as a second
2: guy, but he needs to. He has to. I mean, he's obviously the future right now. The backup quarterback position for Clemson. We have Zarek Cooper coming in um, in the summer, and then obviously we have uh, you know what Chase and Bryce that are eventually be coming in next year. So the, I mean, the, the future is very bright for the quarterback position. But the answer is not ultimately Nick Schuessler. It needs to be Kelly Bryant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely,
1: absolutely. Guys, um, I know we probably didn't have the defensive line going full-board, full full-speed full today, but did you like what you saw out of the O-line in terms of protection and
2: um, insofar as they really played about a half of football? And yeah. they were split-squatted as well. I get, well, yeah, and that's I think that's part of it because it is really hard to tell in these games because the, the biggest thing for an offensive line is the, the continuity um, that they have from playing with each other, and you get a core group of guys – um, that knows what each other are thinking, has, has a feel for playing with each other. And you don't get that when you split them up. I mean, I think more so than uh, a lot of other positions on the field, um, you have a clear first-team and second-team offensive line, right? Um, and, we, and we don't get to see that in a game like this. And they went up against some really big boys today across that defensive line. I thought for the most part that, that they played really well. I mean, we got we got to remember, this is probably – now I mean and every year moving forward as long as the recruiting keeps up the most talented group of offensive linemen that we've had in a very very long time absolutely I, I think um, in the trenches all together
0: it, it was very impressive just a bunch of big guys and and going deep when you when you can bring out two different teams of offensive linemen and you're right Ben you get the cohesion of having guys playing together you get your best guys your best five out that'll make us even better but I think we looked really good and we, to go up against the defensive tackles that we have and we'll talk about those guys in just a second and to hold her on uh, as long as we did and you know quarterback wasn't going to get hurt in this game but I think they did a good job protecting the quarterback in in most situations so um, yeah I I think we talked quack and tire a little bit about will this o-line be better than the 2015 version
2: and I think it's Probably a resounding yes. I think absolutely. Crowder could stand to lose a little more weight. Um he looked, he's lost ten pounds, I he, believe. He could stand to lose maybe another ten. <laughs> he was
1: shut the bojangles down.
2: He, he looked pretty heavy out there today. I mean, until I got his number down in my head, uh, and to know who I was looking at. I thought he was on the defensive line there for a little bit because, you know, body wise he does compare favorably to those dudes over there and uh you know, Wilson or sorry, Wilkins and Watkins um and Dexter Lawrence and all those guys and Albert Huggins looked really good too um big body out there but for the offensive line to be able to hold their own and I thought they did for the most part the running backs had a good game and you have to be able to open holes it's not just them creating everything for themselves and and listen like Mitch Hyatt you know what about him we don't even it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to be great he had such a good season last year and I really didn't even find myself focusing on him a lot in this game because I know how good he's going to be I was looking more towards the interior of the line and then sometimes seeing what Wilkins do on the end. Yeah, for
1: sure. Um, one of one of the only moments I noticed offensive line play going favorably was um, there was a run play and uh, Justin Falsinelli was I think the center for the white the guys in the white uniforms today. Um, you know he was matched up against Dexter Lawrence and pretty much held his own, held his position on the line. Dex didn't swallow him up like he was doing on other plays with other guys on the line. So Falsinelli, probably going to be our backup center and or slot in at guard on certain you know. When, when the need calls for it, I mean, I, I thought he played pretty well.
0: I, I think along the interior of our offensive line, we have a lot of depth and a lot of a lot of good talent, not just our, our starters, but we can bring in Maverick Morris. We can bring in, um, obviously, Fastinelli at center, who will be the next guy up and be a really good center for us. I, I want to see – I didn't get to see Pollard or uh, yes. Ingram, the freshman. I wanted to see them at tackle because I think that's that's one of our areas of concern. And they may have played – I
2: saw
1: Pollard in there a little yeah. bit. We, I mean – this is We're coming right off watching the game. We didn't rewind it or replay any of it. We'll probably revisit this game a couple of times, look for some of the role players and how they matched up. But uh, I guess we're just giving kind of first first takeaways here.
2: Yeah, I mean, these are our, our initial perceptions and thoughts from the game. You know, we'll want to see just like you know everybody else, the commentary that comes out from guys to actually break down the tape. Um, but from an initial reaction, again, it's very hard, especially in a spring game, to judge what you're seeing for a couple of reasons. One is your team versus your team. Um, so you're not focusing on just one side of the ball all the time. Like you're eyes constantly, are darting. yeah, yeah. Your, your eyes are darting back and forth. They're, they're wearing the same damn colors. Um, <laughs> you know, half same the helmets. time, half the time they're the same numbers. Cause you know, you have such a big roster in college football. You have guys on offensive defense with the same number. So it's really hard to tell on the, and the speed of the game, um, is just not the same. It's still not quite there in spring football. I think he, there's a little bit more sloppy play. You you stop every time somebody gets within you know sneezing sneezing distance of a quarterback. Uh, so it, it is a little bit hard to judge. But overall, I liked what I saw today.
0: Yeah, one of the things was depth of talent. It's one of the you know the things that the flags that uh, Dabo's been waving. You know, I have so much depth of talent, and I'm like, what does that mean? Well, it, it, I think it, it was really it held true because uh, I think compared to last year. Last year, our offense killed our defense, and it wasn't because we didn't have a damn good defense. Because we, as it turned out, we did. It was there was absolutely no depth on the def- on defense throughout last year. So when you had to do a split squad, it, our offense just tore them apart. So this year, I think you saw a lot better defense because I think there's talent throughout. I think that really is true. We're seeing those four star guys come in, uh, developing in at multiple positions. Aside aside from, I think, secondary. Um, I think we look good.
2: Well, and a lot of those uh, true freshmen who got a lot of playing time last year that are sophomores this year, I mean, they're even up in their game more. So I think you're right. The depth across the board is a lot better, which should make Clemson fans uh, feel a lot better going into next year, especially seeing how the defense performed last year under Vittables with you know, a lot of people doubting them. And a lot of people will be doubting them again this year with everything that we lost on the defense. But we continue to reload. In recruiting, we're getting young guys in there to play alongside the veterans. And I think there's a lot of positive things to look forward to, except, yes, the secondary does not look great. And Deshaun Watson, of course, he would have. He will do this to any team in the country, but he kind of picked it apart a little bit when he was out there.
0: Right. And keep in mind, the guy, I think, in that first pass, um, we'll talk about Hunter Renfer. He looks, I mean, him and Watson are just, I mean, they're probably on the same page in their sleep. Uh, I mean, they they know what it's, it reminds me of West Walker and Tom Brady for the Pats. And I'm going to make the white guy comparison, but. I, I think it, it's a guy with, that's with Renfro. <laughs> what's that for Renfro? Yeah. Uh yeah, not any, Watson. Anyhow, yeah, good call there, Ben. Um <laughs> anyhow, they, they have a great chemistry. He's always in the right spot. When he's not in the right spot, he seems to be able to draw a pass interference. But on that first pass, he beat Denzel Johnson, who is our now a third string safety. Who, by all reports, as a redshirt freshman, he looks really good as a you know as an option that or a guy that we may have hit on after all as a three star. So yeah, you're right. Watson's going to tear up any defense. Though he tore up Alabama's defense, and uh, and I I have a lot more confidence in Hunter Renfro. I think he's taken a step
2: forward. Well, some of the. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, and he's going to continue to do so. It's been amazing to see the rise of Hunter Renfro and everything that we heard last year. Um, and he's going to continue to get better, and he's going to play four years at Clemson, and he's going to be a great one by the time he's done. You know, and and that's, you know, that's completely different than what Deshaun Watson is. You know, There were four legendary Clemson quarterbacks in that stadium today, um, Charlie Whitehurst, Taj Boyd, and Homer Jordan, and there was probably a few more. Um, and then the fourth guy there, Deshaun Watson, he's going to be the best out of all of them. He just has it in him, and he has the natural ability, and it was so great to see him actually get out there and play in a spring game today. Um, absolutely amazing. I mean, I mean, he shows you every single time uh, why he is so special, and it's just so apparent when you see him out there on the field. And I think it's
0: important to consider Deion Kane and Mike Williams, who are probably our best wide receivers. Um, they, they weren't playing, talk.
1: I want to talk about the guys that did play and some of yeah. the, the more prolific moments from our receiving group. Um, Jordan Leggett went up and got a few passes, as he's prone to doing. He looked great. Uh, you can't really knock the undersized corner that was covering him, uh, you know, for letting for letting Jordan get loose there. And then Artavis Scott to me looked 100 percent today, and he's seen not just on as a receiver, kind of making moves and slicing through the defense, um, and a pass catcher as well downfield. But on special teams, on the return game, he looked to be he looked to have his step back that we saw. I think his redshirt freshman year. So. Seems like he's good to
2: go. Can you imagine a package next year with uh, with Williams and Scott and Renfro and Kane and Jordan, Jordan Leggett all in the field at the same time? Yeah, McLeod. And, and McLeod, Gallman yeah. in the backfield, Deshaun Watson is your quarterback. I mean, who's going to stop that? I, I agree. Hopefully I, not Florida State. Hopefully not Florida State. Good answer. It wasn't even Alabama in the national championship game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, th- well, yeah,
1: of course. I mean, most talented, you know, stable of playmakers on offense at any team in the country I think it's it's uh, we've called it embarrassment of riches this coaching staff has found ways to get a lot out of offense where we're lacking those guys it's going to be a a different story you know trying to find ways to distribute the ball but I'm super confident that they can do that Um, a lot of these coaches were around in the Chad Morris era where we had you know similar stable of talent and they got the job done then
2: well, and I think one thing that we fail to take into consideration to this time of year, and know, we were very lucky to get out of this game without any injuries, you know, nothing that we've heard of. But there's always going to be in the off season, uh, off season leading up um, uh, to August when uh, fall practice starts again. There's going to be some injuries that might put some guys out for the year. There's going to be uh, a few guys probably get in trouble here in the off season, as did happen last year, that we may lose them. For the season, so we're looking really good right now, and there is an embarrassment of riches, riches, and there is a lot of talent. It doesn't take a lot of hits, though, some unforeseen hits, to really bring you back down to earth a little bit. So, it, because of that, we yep. are very fortunate that we have such a great stable of playmakers on offense.
0: Yeah, just and to talk a quick second about Artavius Scott, uh, your original the guy you started with there, Tully, He seemed like last year. You said that going back to his freshman year, he looked. He was really quick. You know, he wasn't. Uh, he's not a. Uh, qu- C.J. Spiller type electric, you know, um, type, type agility, but he's super quick, um, super strong. He's like a running back at the wide receiver position, and I, I think we saw a little bit of uh, his speed and how much he didn't have that last year due to injuries. He looked really good in the return game. He looks tremendous as a uh, as a wide receiver. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Steve Smith at NFL, just because he's a little bit undersized, but he'll go up and get anything. Um, he can, he'll win those 50-50 balls. He's just, he's ferocious. He just moves got you know maybe a little bit offensive uh, interference but he moves guys to this side um he's going to be an nfl nfl player after this year unfortunately and set to graduate at, you know after the end of the season but i think we forget him he gets lost a little bit in the shuffle but yeah what a what a tremendous player
1: you guys mentioned those that did not play today also Deion cain due to disciplinary reasons coming out of the suspension before the bowl season and then um we also had mike williams still on the men still recovering Um, I think this is all precautionary, keeping him out of of pads and off the field. But those guys will both be ready to go for fall practice, kicking off like first week of August. Um, One guy that did play, Trevion Thompson, I think we saw um, maybe not overwhelm us um, with his performance today. And um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, he had had two drops, but he 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 also did. a good start. He had a couple good catches, too. I think he looks the part.
0: He's not Mike Williams, but who is? Um, not bad to have as your second, your second guy at the, at the boundary.
2: Yeah, I think it's always going to be guys like him um, and Chatelle Bell um, who are kind of going to always take a back seat to these much more talented guys that we do have the team, but it doesn't mean they can't find their way in there um, and really make an impact, especially as the season goes along, as some players maybe do start to wear down. Or there are some injuries. There, there is a place for them in the, this offense, and they do have talent. They I mean, they still have a do a have a good amount of talent, and that's why uh, they recruited to play on this to play on this team. So, you know, Travion Thompson I, I, again had a couple drops. Um, reminded me a little bit of Jermon Hopper having trouble um, with with dropping the ball, but it's not something that he can't get over because uh, otherwise he looks the part and he has the ability. And I
0: think he's known for the most part as a reliable, sure-handed guy, so I'm not I'm not so concerned about that. Um, I, I do think he he will have a good year let's talk about the running backs um, obviously Gallman looked good maybe even better than he did last year yeah
2: he looked better for sure y- you think so yeah well he's fresh I mean that that a lot goes into that right and but I'm sure he's just gotten better yeah, he, I mean <laughs> he, he's done that every year since he's been on this team yeah, he played a ton of snaps last year and this and with the way he
0: runs as physical as he runs that just kind of wears on you he I think we talked about it he looked kind of like a uh, I don't know, just kind of a growing puppy as like a uh, learning the running back position as redshirt freshman year, just kind of awkward. You know, cutting a little bit too much. He looks like so efficient and fluid now, incredible.
1: Decisive with his running. Decisive yeah. with
0: his running, mm-hmm. and I think the big storyline was who will be the number two guy. Is that choice? Is it is it die? Do they look as good as everyone says they've been looking, or is that coach speak? And in my opinion, I think choice looked like just a wrecking ball. Like arm tackles aren't going to bring him down. He's not a burner, but he's got pretty good burst he through had the whole burst, though.
2: Yeah, I was. It's good enough. Yeah, I was impressed by that. I, I thought Tyshawn Dye looked good as well today. Um, I think we're sitting a lot better at the running back position than we were last year. Um, you know, it's not going to be C.J. Davidson or Fuller for the most part having to, to be in the main backups. It's going to be Choice and Die. Um, going back to Gallman real quick, I, I think one area where he really need, does need to improve. Um, is and we saw a little bit of it today, and I think he was in the game a little bit later than he normally would have been. Um, but to catch some passes out of the backfield, if he can become, um, you know, more dynamic in, in the passing game uh, than he has been, especially last year, that's going to be a, another another weapon in the arsenal. If we can have right. a guy like. You have the threat
1: of Deshaun running. You've got the downfield options, and if you can have like a safety valve running back type,
2: that wheel route is going to open up. Yeah, that too. If he can run that CJ Spiller wheel route, he may not take off down the field like like Spiller did, but he'll run over some more people.
0: Right, and I think Dabo, in his interview, he said that he is average as a pass catcher. He's just average. So I think that's that's a big part of uh, going into the NFL and, be, and you know making himself a. Top round, you know, a, we'll just say a draft pick is developing that part of his game. Well,
1: he'll Cody, be was, a draft pick. Was there anything else about that Dabo interview you found interesting? <laughs> I think there was some eyebrow bra- stuff going on. I I, I don't know if that be... Dabrow. What did uh, you were doing the the twittering? Looked like Dabo had himself a
2: second set of eyebrows. I don't know. <laughs> they know looked it looked awkwardly high. There was a second level, a second tier of eyebrows there. I don't. I was hoping it was eye black. He just. He missed yeah you <laughs> put Got it on the right <laughs> yeah had some on his hands smudged I don't know Um In
0: perfect symmetry across his face yeah I, I, exactly
2: you know coach, whatever man you know if that's if that's what the kids are going for these days uh if that what if that's what draws him into Clemson that his dancing ability something I something I did notice this year probably I mean one year ago
1: um we did not have a televised spring game due to renovations to Death Valley so we watched the game on um a, an attendance kind of a clandestine shaky cam uh, feed, if you will. Um, but I don't recall in years past actually having that type of attendance by former players coming through. And I think this is a, a testament to where this program has gotten um, the great year we had last year uh, with that many wins and going to the natty. You know, you had Brian Dawkins, you had Taj Boyd in the booth, you had Charlie Whitehurst come. Uh, a lot more players than that were featured. TJ Green, Shaq Lawson made appearances. They right. both had interviews. Mm-hmm. So awesome to see. And um, again, you start to add up these names and add up the guys that are making moves in the NFL currently. Uh, it just shows like the state of this program. And you know, being a, a Clemson fan, historically, it's, it's as good a time as ever. Um, and it's great to see some of the like, featured players
2: from our history kind of come back and be prevalent again. So I've, I've got three things to comment on that. Number one, Charlie, if Charlie Whitehurst, if you're going to show up, bring Jewel. We want to see Joel, okay? So that's number one. We've seen you. We know what you do. We know what you're good at. Um, number two, back yeah. Yet. Number two. Why can't these guys wear Clemson gear when they come back to Death Valley? Like I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Dawkins, Dawkins had a nice. Had, he had an orange cap on. He did, and that leads wow. into my third thing. His kids on the team. That leads into my third thing. Brian Dawkins, man, love that guy. What a great representative of Clemson University. And I think uh you you saw that interview today and that's the the very reason why you give his son a scholarship to play on clemson's football team is to have that guy around the program i
0: agree i mean i i was i may have been a little bit hard on him but you really put that put him at the forefront give him an interview and and remember for one he's a great analyst he 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 knew the clemson program he obviously stays in touch with things He, he did a great analysis of uh our program but also just yeah he's what a great person, uh, you know, ambassador of the program, an NFL career, and having that
2: guy, you know, on your team, even if it is a son, yeah, it's, it's well worth the, uh, the scholarship. Well, just to be able to have the guys around the program, and, and we, we know this about the leg- legacy scholarships, but a lot of these guys, the guys have played for Clemson, and it's good to have that family atmosphere. That's one of the things that has made Clemson so great, and what, one of the things that brings in a lot of high profile recruits that we normally wouldn't have gotten. Um, but then, guys who just have experience in the NFL. I mean, offering or bringing in Seth Ryan, uh, Rex Ryan's son, who, by the way, I was really impressed by what I saw out of him today. He looks the part of a wide receiver. I mean, he's got the build, he's got the body, and we're hearing good things about him. But to have, I mean, he's going to be a future coach one day. So that can do nothing but help your team. I mean, obviously, we're, we're plenty deep in wide receiver. We don't need more wide receivers, but you do need character guys on the team. You do need smart guys on the team to coach others up. So I think that's it's super helpful to have these guys around the program. You're not going to have a roster of eighty something people who are all four and five stars because they're all going to expect to play. It's just not going to happen.
0: Well, it it, it can't
2: happen, but I think it's you
0: you sacrifice a little bit. It's something you can't put a value on. You can't put a star rating on. It's, it's, what is is what does Brian Dawkins mean to this program and and uh, and you know, Jeff Davis and his son? So anyhow, I think. Uh, it makes, it makes it seem a little bit um, it's easier to take and it, makes, it seems
1: like there's probably greater good that comes from offering these scholarships. Guys, I know you both did a good amount of reading coming into this game on a variety of media outlets, both national and within the Clemson sphere. Um, in terms of what they were writing about, looking for coming out of this game, um, I wanted to hear from both of you guys, like, first of all, what, what they said or what you were also anticipating and did we see that? Uh, but maybe before that, I mean, this is a spring game. Like you're not going to see the best effort from everyone on the team. So I know that there are still question marks with this team around. Like, can the defense um, come in and you know backfill for all the guys that are going to the league and the lack of experience? I I don't know that we're going to be able to answer those types of questions with what we saw on the field today. Um, but we can get some hints. We can get some signals for what to look for coming into the fall practice. Maybe understand where depth chart shakes out. But in terms of what you're reading or what you what you. Had look, what you were looking for coming into the game, Cody. Start us out. Like, what were you thinking about?
0: I was. My eyes were on the defensive ends. I wanted to see if if Austin Bryant has taken his game to another level, um, replacing Shaq Lawson. We don't. We don't actually know if he's going to be on the strong side or the weak side. But I want to see how he looked. He looked great. I think he is our next big thing at defensive end. Our next probably first round, second round draft pick. Um, I, and he's only a true sophomore, so um, has another year with the program after this. Uh, Cleveland Farrell who came in the same year as Austin Bryant. He, uh, he had tore his ACL a senior in, in high school. He broke, broke his hand last year. I wanted to see how he looked. Uh, apparently, uh, in practice last year, talent-wise, he looked like, uh, looked like just as good as Bryant, maybe even higher upside. And I didn't get to watch him a whole lot, but I, I think he does. I think he is an answer at defensive end. And then, of course, Richard Yergin, who um, we were hoping he was going to be kind of a Vic Beasley, um, quick, uh, first-step type Defensive uh, weak side defensive end, and I didn't get to watch him a lot either. But those were the those were the big things I was looking at. And of course, pushing Christian Wilkins out to the strong side, and letting him letting him uh, see see what kind of bursts he had off the line of scrimmage. And I think I think there's a, a great uh, great feeling about the defensive ends. I think they all look good. I think there's a couple couple pros in there having Wilkins in there makes you feel a little bit better. Not a lot of depth. That's always going to be a concern. But um, I I think I feel a lot better about. The uh the defensive ends what i don't feel good about and i'll let you talk about this ben is uh our secondary and our depth there
1: well real quick on the the end piece um i did see pharrell get in there and knock a ball down i believe from bryant might have been from watson though um up the middle so great to see him kind of cut through get penetration and um use his hands to knock things down and then i i saw bryant in the backfield quite a bit like making plays and getting in there so to see him step into Shaq lawson's big shoes um you know, again, it's a spring game, but encouraging signs.
2: Well, I'll, I'll say this. They all look the part. That's for damn sure. I mean, right. these guys are beasts, and we're not going to be lacking for talent or depth on the defensive line, even at the in position, especially if you can move Christian Wilkins out there. Um, I'll say this, and I think it's another thing it's hard to tell in a spring game, especially with the defensive in position, because a lot of it is they play off instinct, and they're going for the quarterback, right? I mean that's where they're getting off the ball to two, and in a spring game where you can't go after the quarterback, like the end result is not you getting an actual sack. I think you're limited a little bit. I, I think it slows you down. I I don't think you're going to see uh, maybe the best effort or, or the you know or any great outcomes. At least not from a fan's perspective. The coaches are going to see it. They're going to know what's there. But I I do think it limits them a little bit. So um, so really, I looked mainly for. Um, See the uh, the quickness and speed in the size of these guys and I think across the board everything that I saw was very positive
0: yeah and then maybe going to the secondary um, th- that is one position group where I think could be uh, what, what do you call it this kind of the bad the bad part of our defense where I, I don't liability uh, <laughs> yeah good word liability um, Mark Fields Looked okay. I think he looked exactly what the coaches have been preaching about all spring. He looks inconsistent. He doesn't. They don't fully trust him. And you see his talent. You see his speed. Um, he's got great hips. He moves like Mackenzie Alexander. But he doesn't doesn't always keep an eye on the ball. He just he looked kind of out of position at times. But. Is he going to be, are we going to feel confident in him as a number two guy? By the way, Tankers really looked looked like an NFL player out there today. He was making tackles,
2: coverage, looked tremendous. Well, that's great. I mean, he's going to step into McKenzie Alexander's role, and he's going to be that shutdown corner. We're going to put him out there on an island by himself against uh, our opposing team's best wide receiver, and I think he's going to do more than hold his own. And he switched sides of the field today, right? He was
1: playing on the quarterback's right side, strong side. Yeah, I imagine
0: sure. they'll move him all over the the field to, depending on the the matchup. But right. but I mean, just all around, I think he's uh, he's showed a little bit, maybe a little bit better ball skills than McKenzie. Uh, definitely not the same coverage, uh, same coverage type abilities. But and getting off like off of uh, off of blocks and making tackles, this guy is uh, he's an NFL player, and I think he will improve his stock. Probably a good decision coming back. Uh,
2: so it was a little hard to tell uh, with our DBs today. Um, part of the reason, and you mentioned this Cody while we were watching the game, is that I think our first team is going to be. Uh, pretty good. Um, And they're going to be serviceable this year. Uh, But the same way we talked about how the defense didn't look so great last year in the spring game because of the lack of the depth, and you split them up um, when you do these split squads in the spring game, is that you're not going to have your best four or five guys out there on the field at the same time. Not to mention Corden Wiggins, um, who kind of concerns me that he hasn't really been coming back as much as everybody, as quick as everybody hoped he would from his injury last year. Uh, But that being said, I, I just don't think you don't have that cohesiveness. You have two guys that are going to start, and then two guys that are maybe going to be backups and not going to see a lot of playing time, um, similar to the linebacker position last year. So part of that was hard to tell. Uh, another thing, too, is uh, Deshaun Watson is going to pick apart anybody's secondary, and he did that today against our secondary on, on both teams because he played for both sides of the ball. Um, or Sorry, uh, both uh, the, the white and the orange team. Uh, but the other thing is as you get later in the game, you see Tucker Israel come in there, and even with Bryant and Schuessler, is, you know, Trevion Thompson dropped some balls, or we didn't have our best wide receivers out there. You had Artavis Scott Scott drop that ball. It made the D-backs look a little bit better. So I I think when they're really tested against a first-team offense in, in, you know, big-time college football, that it is going to be a major weakness, and we need some other guys to step up.
0: Yeah, and I think Marcus Evans had a really nice interception, showed really good, you know, turn around and make that catch. However, you know, the knock on him has been he's like, He's, he's not physical enough. He weighs about 170. He hasn't really gained much weight since he's been uh, at Clemson. This is his fourth year in the program. Dude is small. He's, Does he
2: weigh less than all of us at 170? Yeah, probably. I mean, if I was out there in that field, I'd be broken like a twig.
0: I mean, he doesn't – I mean, I, I'm just saying he's going to get caught on some blocks and he's not going to be able to get off. And I, I think that's the reason he, he isn't playing because you saw in the interception he at least looked like he had some pretty decent coverage skills. Um, but there's a whole different element to playing cornerback than just covering your wide receiver.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, what's nice is we have about a three-and-a-half-month layoff where the strength and conditioning coaches can, get, can do their work um, and hopefully get these guys ready to play, um, you know, in, in the heat of August and September leading into the season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, clearly that's going to be what we consider possibly the weak link on this defense. And um, I don't know that too many depth chart questions were answered today. Any safety commentary?
0: I think Van Smith and Jadar Johnson are going to be good. They're going to. They're not as talented as, as Green and Jaron Curse, but um, they're going to be more reliable, uh, tried and true. They're motivated, going more motivated. I think. Good point. Um, and I think you're going to see like a, at least a net neutral, if not a, a small net positive, over in their performance. It's it's the guys behind them. Is Corey Wiggins going to be back up to speed? Um, Tanner Muse. I'll watch him a little bit. Um, good reviews throughout the spring on him, but you know from what I saw, he just looked a little bit flat-footed. He looked like he just didn't have a good feel for uh, the position yet, and that's pretty common as a redshirt, redshirt freshman. And then um, Denzel uh, Johnson, the other guy, he you know didn't look tremendous. I think he might be a, a serviceable guy down the road. Don't not sure that he's uh, that he's quite there yet.
2: Yeah, I think this is the major. It's obviously the major uh, position group lacking um, on this defense between the quarterbacks and the safeties. Um, as far as depth is concerned, I think at linebacker, we're gonna be a lot better off this year. I think Dorian is gonna step up. Kendall Joseph um, had beat out BJ. Goodson last year until he got injured. Um, and then obviously, you got Ben Boulware, uh, who's gonna be a monster force again this year. not Shaq not to mention Shaq Smith and Trey Lamar. right. So I, I think we're we're sitting pretty there, and it's good to have that that linebacker group a lot a little more solid this year. Um, You could be able to get some other guys in there so the the three starters aren't going to have to play as much as they did last year. Because again, this defense got tired going down the stretch. But that's where, uh, with the cornerbacks and the safety, somebody else needs to step up.
1: Yeah, and there's two ways you can look at it. It's the first, looking ahead of our schedule, knock on wood, we're not really playing too many prolific passing offenses or quarterbacks. But with weak secondary play, you can make lesser quarterbacks look much better than they actually are. So it's going to be... You know, a matter of how can these guys progress. Um, our toughest matchup is coming later in the year. Um, we'll see if we get guys back from injury by that point. I'm guessing no. But
2: it all that starts, will give us time to develop some of these guys as well. It all starts with the pass rush. It's going to start with the pass rush this year. you got to get pressure on the quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, and you have a yeah, good point about not going you know, all out as a defensive end, you know, how, how, as uh Austin Bryant, how motivated can he be to take out Deshaun Watson? You know what I mean? Maybe you, you can't go like a full hundred percent. You just, you don't have that same aggression. Pass rush is going to be huge. Yeah. Sure. We're going to be able to set the edge. We're going to get some penetration on the interior of our line, but will we get to the quarterback or is that going to really, you know, come home to bite us? And uh I think we're going to be looking a lot at these incoming freshmen. Trayvon Mullen is one, uh, Kevon Wallace and Isaiah Simmons in the secondary, are they going to be able to give us anything? And if so, how soon can they, can they get there?
2: Even if one of those guys can step up and give us meaningful minutes later in the, in the year, give them time to pick up the defense uh, and the schemes and just have some contribution uh, the later you get in the year. And then if we make the college football playoff again, we talked about this last year, those four weeks you have off, Uh, in between four or five weeks plus in the three weeks 20 some days of practice or something like that that's huge you do see a lot of guys step up in that time so you know we've got the talent of the guys that are just on the team now to carry us through uh the season and get us to the playoff again just cross your fingers on uh on injuries and we already have one with baker so uh, hopefully there's no more and we hope he can come back i mean they're telling us september We'll see about that. Again, it's an ACL. It's it's tough. But if he can come back and contribute next year, his second half of the season, it's going to be huge. Yeah. And a, a
0: lot of things to, to work out. But I think if you if you can give me Corwin Wiggins healthy and um, one contributor, like you said, Ben, just one of those guys can contribute. And I, I think that might be um, one of the cornerbacks, Mullen or, or Wallace, then I think we'll we'll feel a lot better. It's someone to push Mark Fields a little bit because that guy uh, – Apparently the knock on him is his work ethic isn't quite there yet. He's not quite as motivated. All the talent in the world. Like, man, this is your chance. This is your chance. Uh, don't, don't, don't screw it up, man.
2: Well, if Dion Kane is doing everything to get back in Dabo's good graces that we hear he is, hopefully some of these guys will take a look to him um, as some motivation and, and to use as a kind of a role model of what they need to do to up their game, keep their head in the game, and take their next step in their career at Clemson. Because all these guys are talented. But it's not just the talent alone that is going to make you uh, an impact player on championship football teams. You need to have your head in the game. Right. Can we can we talk about Dexter?
0: Have we talked about him yet?
1: Not yet. Let's do it.
0: So he looked amazing. I think David Hood wrote that his pad level is a little bit high to be expected as a you know this is his first time at like you know Division one football. He towers over everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Think about it. I always compare this to Dwight Howard. He's like this. He's a representative of a guy that never had to refine his game because he could always dominate with, you know, just pure Size. athleticism. Yeah. He never learned to – maybe he started to learn a post-up move once he was like seven years in the league.
2: Let's hope uh, Lawrence has a better
0: attitude than Dwight Howard. I think he does. I think he's already a more humble guy than Dwight Howard ever will be. Um, but I, I think that's the big thing. He, his battle level is a little bit high, but he was uh, making some of our – guys I, I consider to be, you know, Guys that'll have a solid or give a plus grade at guard, um, Maverick Morris, maybe Taylor Hearn. He was just throwing those guys around, not like and, and sucking up double teams. We're, wondering, we're we're wondering about a pass rush. Well, when you got a defensive lineman on the interior like that that can suck up blocks, that makes makes uh, Jurgen's chance to get the quarterback a lot lot you know, or, or any of the guys. Yeah,
2: Bryant, Wilkins, Jurgen, Watkins. Watkins looks Pagano. great. He's we a Bryant. Yeah. <laughs> Sterling Johnson, right. You're just going down the depth chart now. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, <laughs> but the they're effect. all guys who can make a difference. Who can play? I mean, I mean, yeah. our, our
1: line is is stacked. But I think it's the effect that like a win, Vince Wilfork for New England had as the nose tackle that was just dominant and could it himself get penetration up the middle. He makes the the rest of the line more effective.
0: Yeah, it's a great comparison. Uh, and I think recently Nick Fairley did that at Auburn. He was all they had, at, but you could take an opponents' running game away, and then they they still managed to be like a top twenty-five, top. 30 defense and they won a national championship I've
2: got a scenario for you a goal line uh, formation with Wilkins at the tight end position he can roll out and Dexter Lawrence, Dexter Lawrence in the backfield what do you think? I, I would g- totally give I it to Dexter Lawrence how do we to have us do that how do we not Kibuchi get the ball got it? in the class last year good point there he also fell out of a hotel room window, so, well, you know. I
0: don't think, I don't know how the, anyway, <laughs> I'm I can't argue that with off. that, that's what i was. You've
2: got enough weapons on
1: offense, <laughs> is my point.
0: I agree, I agree. Uh, I think, uh, no, so you got Dexter sucking up blocks, you got to get that guy on the field. So that's part of the reason I think they're wanting to move Wilkins out. Wilkins could be the best defensive tackle in the nation this year. I mean, I don't think that's, I don't think I'm blowing smoke. I think Sorry, that's, Christian Wilkins? Wilkins can. Tackle. As a defensive okay. tackle, he could be the best one in the nation, maybe the most versatile. And he's showing out a defensive end. And he's yeah. And and you have Dexter Lawrence. That's 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 what could propel us to be a top ten defense. I,
2: I think we were a top ten defense last year.
0: Yeah, could we be better? I I think we'll be more solid. I think we'll be more effective on every play.
2: I, I think if the secondary comes into their own, I think if the secondary right. comes into their own, we get Baker back. Wiggins comes back healthy, and again, one, or, one of the new guys steps up. One guy already in the program, um, you know, steps up and like fields and starts making some plays. Then, yes, I think so. We can be better than last year. I mean, I, I would say we won't have as
0: many chunk plays, blown coverages. We, I don't know if we'll be able to necessarily rely on our team to on our defense to win games, even against like the Alabamas, the Oklahomas of the world, which we won't need to. But I, we can trust them not to lose games, and
2: that was what that would be the knock on 2015's defense. Listen, they surprised us last year. I mean, even us. You know, everybody said the defense wasn't going to be as good, and we bought into that. We didn't think they were going to be nearly as good, and think, they, they were. I mean, they were another top 10 defense. I mean, we knew they would be good, but we didn't, we didn't know they would be that good, especially the way they started the season marks
1: this year. Actually, by comparison, just the amount of snaps coming back this year versus last year, and I've got to track down the research so I can like back this up with data. But effectively, again, I think top 10 is wishful thinking. Is it possible? Certainly. We don't want to count a Brent Venables, Coach D, out of this. And we've got a lot of great talent coming in as true freshmen. And you've got a top two national recruit already on campus in Dexter Lawrence. Um, So, you know, good signs pointing to positive results. But this defense, um, they're going to be playing with leads. You know, that's a good thing, too. It might not put them in pressure situations as much, I'm guessing based on how prolific our offense will be but top 10 in and of themselves i mean i think we have a harder schedule this year going on the road to play our big big matchups See, that's where i disagree
0: i mean well i think we have one the toughest game that we probably had in two years and that'll be at in tallahassee
2: but overall i think we have probably a a lighter schedule when's the last time we won in atlanta though it's
1: like 10 years ago it's been a
2: while that's a tough place to play. I'm just not worried about
0: that. I mean, we're talking about the, the season now, but I'm, I'm not worried about that game. I think Venable's uh, has he's. It's not Kevin's still defense. It's it's Venable's, and he knows he knows all about that triple option. And uh, when you got d- an interior line that can take out your 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 A gap and B gap running game, and
2: Dorian O'Daniel, it looks like an All American every time he plays a triple option.
0: Dorian O'Daniel, I mean, <laughs> he's a stud. And he, I mean, against that triple option, he's a stud. And he looks like he's finally clicking. So yeah. I'm not worried about
1: that game. Well, maybe last area of the. The football team that we saw today that was not certainly showing their their full hand was special teams. Um, they they did punts and kickoffs, but first of all, neither the kicking nor the punting game is especially good today, um, as well as the coverage on punting and kicking. So.
2: Uh, Oof. Um, yeah, it was all pretty terrible except for Artavis Scott. Um, that was about the only shining moment that I saw. Even even extra points looked. Very weak, even from Hugel. Um, just it, the wind was blowing. If anybody's been watching the Masters um, here, the wind's been blowing in that part of the country this year. So we did we did see them having to hold the kickoffs early on in the game. So maybe that that played a part in it. But that's that's just the kicks. The, the kick coverage wasn't anything spectacular um, to speak of. Punting um, didn't look great. It was a rough day. You know, we wondered going in whether or not they would actually. Uh, conduct these plays conduct these plays especially kickoffs because of the injury um possibilities you know granted we did not play well last year on special teams so got to practice it got got to practice it but at the end of the day today i i kind of wish i didn't see any of that (laughs) the biggest thing for me and i i i
0: know what happened in the national championship game and we've talked about it a lot here and we know what cost us the the game I don't, but I do not want to see these guys going all out on special teams. I do not want to see an injury. The biggest storyline in terms of special teams versus health, I take health every day because there's no that's such that's such a big thing that there were no injuries out of this game, and we like we were playing about seventy percent on special teams, and that's actually risky because that's when you get injured a lot. But I'll, I'll take that. Maybe we should have tried a couple onside kicks. To that's that was that's a good thought to <laughs> see how we defended
2: them or executed them. Uh, as the kicking team, just saying. Yeah, the- but but that aside, I mean, whether or not you're going, you know, seventy percent or ninety percent, it all starts with the kick. And at the kick, the kicker should be going a hundred percent, and kicking looked like forty or fifty percent today.
0: That's a good point. So uh, yeah, we'll have Hugel though. No, you know, hopefully Spence won't get messed in there, and he looked really shaky. But I feel pretty good about Hugel not sure about, you know, Dole, I think, but I you know, well, I the second year. What
1: what you want to look for out of Hugel this year is he was he was true with his kicks last year. I think you want to add 5 to 10 yards distance on his field goals. At least 5. Um, exactly. And then on PATs, just 100% of PATs, where that was shaky at points. Um, part of that could have been blocking up front. I think players got hands on balls against us. We missed some
2: PATs, but um and even in yeah. kicking off, if we're not gonna be able to cover, be able to put it five, seven yards deep into the end zone, even out the back. Sometimes, I mean, they they've moved the ball up in college football, and why we still can't ha- can't find anybody who can kick it out of the back of the end zone. And one more thing is, is befuddling get
1: tackle drills. I mean, Ammon Lakeup's tackle in the Notre Dame game while dislodging that ball. So you're
2: saying bring bring Lakeup on as special teams coach. <laughs> 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 so many jokes to be had here at like yeah. this expense, but I, um,
1: no, I mean, I don't know. Beef up the physicality on special teams at all positions, all eleven.
0: We know that there's a, there's a tension there. There's they're putting in time and, and resources to fix it, and that's all I need. I don't need to, them to prove it in the spring game. I'm still I still have the. Uh, I think they should get a soccer player to come
2: in as a punter, but, but whatever. That that first, Just try out that first kickoff we have next year, you're still going to be worried a little bit in the back of your head about whether mm-hmm. Auburn's going to run it back.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess.
2: And if I, that does happen, you're going to be like, oh man, here we go again.
0: Bet, well, at least we have Deshaun Watson. I think I'll be okay. <laughs> That'll help. It's not. It's until not. You bad get to I a think.
2: national championship game that you need to do a little bit better than that. <laughs> it's the other
0: Alabama team, so we're okay, I think.
1: But well, guys, we've got about four months until um, fall practice starts there in August. Um, we will be looking ahead, hopefully, to get some interviews here. Uh, ideally, some folks from within the team, ex-players, um, other media members around, around Clemson Nation, if you will, um, and the national media. So look forward to that. Um, but just as far as you two guys go, like, what are some of the things that you'd like to see us examine here on the podcast next next few months as it relates to this football team?
2: Well, again, it's, it's always interesting to see um, what kind of off-the-field issues happen uh during the off season we brought in a couple guys you know the coach from grayson um and i can't remember the name of the other school from south carolina brought in their head coaches and these guys are going to be around um they're not in a scenario where they're able to coach on the field but off the field um they will have a lot of influence and, and they're the guys that are going to be around when the coaches are gone out recruiting um so i think that'll be a good thing to have somebody the players can interact with and um, somebody that they're going to have to be held accountable to during the offseason to kind of hopefully avoid some of these issues that we do see every single year. Um, so, and that, that, that's those were the major storylines during the offseason last year, right? I think so. I, I think with it, battle and Lakeup? it was a bit of an
0: outlier in terms of all the. I mean, I think you get a few of these things. We've already had Chalmers, uh, you know, the guy from Greenwood, our cornerback, who's out. So maybe that's the only one we'll have this year, crossing our fingers. Um, I, I think it last year was a bit of an outlier, so I, I hope that's not the case this season.
1: Yeah, I think for me off season wise, I'm gonna look at the NFL draft and see where our guys that opted into the league, where they go. Um, knowing Clemson's pedigree in the NFL now, um, sending guys into the league for a few years, like where can where can our defensive players go um in the draft? It's gonna be interesting.
0: Yeah, I see what you did there. Toss yourself a question. Anyway, you
2: could've just yeah. Oh. Anyhow. <laughs> Fair enough. That's what a great host does. Yeah.
0: He shows that he's listening. What are you looking for, Cody? You know,
2: we're a year into this podcast. We're really coming into our own, coming of age, so to speak. I
0: think so. That, that was a... That was a pat on the That was a nice question, yeah.
2: Any, anyhow,
0: no, I agree that the draft will be very fun to watch and see if we can get two, maybe three first-rounders, but at the very least, I think we got we got Shaq Lawson as a representative this year, and, um, no, that's, and TJ Green, man, he could be a top three rounds, so... I'll I'll be tuning in for how, sure.
2: How far does Jaron Curse fall? How far? Yeah, is he is he drafted? I don't know. I think he'll be drafted. And there's no way you don't draft him. He's a physical specimen. He'd be able to be coached up. But I think he, he definitely gets drafted. Sure.
1: am on secondary playing the league now too. So yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. Um. Well, stay tuned. Stay tuned to the podcast. We will continue to roll out maybe a couple podcasts a month for you guys. Um. Before we touch on baseball. We wanted to talk about uh, the beer that we're drinking. So this week we're blessed um, by one of our listeners actually taking us up on our beer exchange offer and sending us not one but two six packs of East Coast beer um, both from Virginia. The first was from Sunken City Brewing Company um, in Virginia. It's called Dam Lager. Um, It's actually not as it's they call it an American lager. It's got a bit more flavor than kind of your like european style lagers like heineken and peroni and those types so uh, it's a pretty good one and Ben, what are you drinking on over there a dc brow
2: it's the public it's called the public it's a pale ale it's pretty good it's got a good bit of flavor more so than your uh, normal kind of pale ales it's it's not it's hoppy it's got a little bit more bitterness to it of course now i'm reading i'm, I'm drinking it wrong i'm drinking it right out of the can i'm supposed to serve it in a tulip goblet
1: <laughs> okay, sorry I don't have one of those uh, for you for you here, but
0: they said the knock on our IPA, our West Coast beers, our IPA beers, are they're just too hoppy the point where it like just kills your whole palate. And I think these two beers are pretty good. Like they both have you know nice flavor to them without crazy hops.
1: Yeah, for sure. So we appreciate our, our good friend Ben out of Leesburg, Virginia, the DC area, sending us this beer. Um, this is an open invite. Anybody interested in getting some California beer their way? Um, you know, hit us up on Twitter. You can send us a direct message and we will set up an exchange and
0: we'll send you IPA beers
1: or really, really good IPA (laughs) beers for sure. Or any other West coast beers, your preference, do good sours too. That's right. Uh, all right. So the baseball season pretty much around the halfway point. Um, Clemson has had, you know, a much better record. I think than the three of us would have expected, um, largely driven off of the bat of Seth beer. Um, Guys, what, I, I guess his hitting streak unfortunately ended today. What, what was it like, twenty-one games?
2: Twenty, no, nah, it's like 24, 25, something like that. Um, what an amazing talent! Um, and I'm going to call it right now. I mean this this is most likely going to be the best Clemson baseball player, best, best baseball player ever to come through Clemson. What he's doing as a freshman, he's you know before today's game batting four twenty with thirteen home runs only halfway through the year. He got the Mid-Season Player of the Year Award, uh, so shout-out to him, but then also Coach Monty Lee, Mid-Season Coach of the Year Award. I mean, who would have thought that coming into this season?
0: Wait, is that a national award? Both of it's, those are national yeah, awards? it's a national
2: award. Wow. Um, so coming into the season, Monty Lee is already has this team ahead of, of where we thought he would be, uh, where we thought they would be. Um, so really love what we see out of them. There's a lot to clean up, but we're sitting 23-8 and eight right now. Um, 8 and 6 in the ACC. We've been slipping a little bit. We lost to Duke uh, yesterday. We beat Duke today. So we'll see if we can win the game um, in Durham in the rubber match tomorrow. Uh, but hitting wise, I mean, this team is, is doing just perfectly fine. Um, you know, the team's batting 285, multiple guys over 300. The power's there. They're loose. They come back. I mean, beer with that home run against Georgia, and then for us to win it um, after that, they've looked fantastic. Uh, pitching wise, the starters, the weekend starters, have been a bit shaky. Um, there's been up and downs between Schmidt and Eubanks um, and Charlie Barnes. Pat Crawl has looked really good in a lot of relief appearances, and I don't wonder if they don't move him into a starters role. Alex Schnell out of the bullpen has looked good, and Jake H- Higginbotham, you know, a weekend, uh, weekday starter, has looked uh, pretty good as well. But it's really going to come down to the, at the very end is the defense, and the defense just has not played great at all. A lot of our starting pitchers are getting run out of there pretty early, only giving up a couple of runs, but they may be given up four or five runs total because of our terrible defense and we're still at a 962 fielding percentage And we said this over and over again we don't have the great pitching this year that can that can overcome bad defense we just have to play better defense and if we can figure out a way to do that and get better then our pitching is going to be just fine because and our hitting is going to do more than their share of carrying this team yeah i mean there's not much to add there i mean that's that's about it that's everything in a nutshell I mean, a couple other guys, I mean, sitting Renwick at third base uh, in favor, I think Jordan Green has been great, a converted uh, second baseman, and also Chris Williams started to hit better at first place in Andrew Cox's absence. Um, yeah, so, I, I like Chris Williams. I, I, yeah. He started out slow, but he looks like he's got a nice stroke. and He does, and his defense is pretty good. Yeah. Um, Eli
0: White, how's he doing at short? Um, Eli White,
2: uh, he still has a pretty low fielding percentage. Um, he's got 10 errors on the season, he actually leads the team in errors, uh, but... I think out of any position in the field, your shortstop is going to have the most errors. But that's what you also rely on that position to be your best defender in most cases. Monty Lee really stressed this. was up the middle. We need to play great defense. Weston Wilson is uh, doing okay at second base. um, Still not great. Uh, And Chase Penner in center field even has a pretty low center uh, fielding percentage for a center fielder. So we really need to shore up the middle of that defense. And if we can do that, really, I mean, the sky's the limit. You know, reasonably speaking, for this team this year, and I still think around forty wins is is better than we could have hoped for, and is very possible at this point. Uh, How's our rest of
1: our ACC schedule looking? I know we still have that critical series with Florida State coming up. Um,
2: You know, and 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 that's really about it. Um, You know, we've got Duke this weekend. We'll have Louisville coming up. Uh, We'll be at Louisville. uh, Let's see next weekend. And they're in their top five, or they're they're top ten, right? Um, I'll have to check on Louisville's stats, um, but otherwise, I mean, really, the, the, the teams that we're missing and not playing uh, UNC and Virginia yeah. uh, this year is really big. Um, it, you know, we'll see them, obviously, in the, the ACC uh, tournament, uh, but just having Florida State are the other big three schools on our schedule, um, we already got by, we already played Miami, obviously got swept by Miami, we could have won uh, a couple of those games. Um, the schedule sets up nicely. The schedule does set up nicely, especially for a team that's trying to rebuild a little bit this year under a new coach. We've taken advantage of, of winning, I think, now all our mi- our midweek games and doing pretty well in the weekend. We've we taken advantage of not getting off to a slow start and riding kind of the wave of of Seth Beers' bat so far this year. And if we keep doing that and keep getting better in the fundamental areas, again, this this team's gonna be pretty good, and we're gonna make a postseason run. It's gonna be exciting. I'll say the one thing that
0: I thought was a little bit discouraging was the Miami series because it just looked like a team that matched up really well in terms of talent with Miami. Maybe even had more offensive talent, um, but just wasn't that big stage. It's like, hey, this is Miami. They're a top-five team. We're not supposed to win. And it, it, things just kind of crumbled, at least in the first two games. And then the third game was more of a blowout. Again, comes
1: down
2: to errors. Um, a lot the, of errors. Four games. Getting in the, the lead and I think, the second game. Coming back and getting the lead. And then Boston giving up. Uh, the home yeah. run to lose the game. Yeah, those are those are crushing, and you really can't see that. And, and again, those are the errors that you have to clean up. That's what a young team also
1: is prone to doing, probably. I mean, I think like good on them to win some of these earlier series in the season, but um, they'll learn from that. I feel like it's good experience either way to go, go into the Lions' den there. Um, hopefully next time they can they can finish the job.
2: Yeah. And so, and you're right, Louisville 23 and six. So a really good baseball team this year. So that is another formidable opponent we have coming up again next week on the road. And we haven't played as well, um, on the road this year. I think we're only, uh, what are we? Eight and six maybe on the road as opposed to like 14 and two at home. Young team, young team. Mm -hmm.
1: Cool. Well, uh, we will keep close eye on the baseball team again. I think they've exceeded expectations. I just remember a year ago, we were talking about, do we retain our head coach? Is it time to move on from this era? Um, so to be in this spot, 12 months hence, you know, is good stuff. Seth beer, baby. Beer is good. It's all about the beer. <laughs> um, any other commentary? I know the major league baseball season just kicked off. Um, so great to see that, you know,
2: back in full swing. So yeah, we, you know, you guys have been talking a little bit about the warriors, obviously, all three of us are out here from San Francisco and, uh, I'm not going to talk about this because it's the Giants and the Dodgers, two West Coast teams, and I have a vested interest um, in any way um, living out here. I'm going to talk about this because just as a sports fan and a baseball fan, this blew my mind last night, the the, the Dodgers uh, pitcher, his first ever uh, Major League start, and he has a no-hitter in the in the eighth inning. I, said, I think it was in the eighth with one out. Yeah. He had just given up a walk. He was at 100 pitches. And the the manager pulled him out of the game. I mean that that blows my mind. I know he had Tommy John surgery a couple of years ago, and he's trying to protect him. And you had a plan for him going in, but man, you know, sit him for his next start. It was the Giants or the the Dodgers.
0: The
1: Dodgers, the pitcher, Dodgers pitcher was pulled. Gotcha. And the Giants tied it on the next uh, next couple plays, and then won it in, a, in, a, in a extra innings. So they lost the game as well. That just adds insult to injury.
0: I think you can. And the this, very next
1: batter tied it up with
0: a home run. Right. You can make a fair argument on either side. Um, you know, players are pansies, and you know what, you know this and that about the toughness of our modern day players. But he coming off Tommy John surgery. This is the first week of the season. It was two years ago. Anyhow, exactly. still, You're still rebuilding some of that that strength. Like, why risk it for a perfect or for a no hitter? Eh, they're I becoming to, a little bit more watered but down recently.
2: They're not as but a no-hitter in your first major league start, uh, your first major league appearance, your debut. I mean, there's
0: that, that's yeah. There's so many different like individual cases where guys overdo it for the name of a
2: record, or maybe just because they're in I mean, a group about Mark Pryor and they throw out the their overuse. arm again. Sit him the next start. I don't think fifteen, twenty more pitches is going to ruin his career. I, I, I think there's
0: like argument or uh, there's evidence as says to the contrary i mean there there is our chances where you overdo it maybe you overthrow in that in that 120th 130th pitch
2: and you do blow out your arm i don't know i i just i don't risk it i don't know man no hitter i mean it was ross stripling by the way and to his credit he was very uh, diplomatic in the way he responded supporting his coach um and again I'm, i'm sure he has some say in this going into the game and he's made aware a little bit maybe he did know he was on a pitch count but he understands his body and his arm, and you know, to him, you know, he wants to his career to last 15 years as opposed to just that one night. And he may have more no hitters uh, oh, the down thing. the road. It, he was a top five, well. he was, or he was a he was a top five round uh, pick in the major league draft, uh, you know, several years ago. So I mean, he's got a bright future. Still that I was watching that game and that was just crazy for me to see him getting taken out. And who's to say
0: area. that with baseball players getting paid millions and millions of dollars that he's not viewed as an asset and that it was wasn't even the manager's decision in the first place that he is on a very strict by management upper management 100 pitch you pitch, pitch Magic count.
1: Johnson made the call here.
0: Absolutely. He he runs the Cody. Lakers I'm pretty sure and no, I'm just kidding. He would do a much better job if you're in the Lakers. Conspiracy Cody, you heard it here. That's all I got conspiracy was for now.
1: Nice. Uh, we will be back with more conspiracies and a baseball recap and taking a look ahead at the NFL draft in the next couple of weeks. Uh, thanks for tuning in guys and go Tigers.